So let's look at Philippians chapter 3, and beginning in verse number 12. Securing the door of your future. How you exit one season determines how you enter the next season in your life. Let's look at these verses. Verse 12 of Philippians 3. Not that I have already obtained all this. How many are still on the journey with your pastor? Okay. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. I love that. Been made perfect. Do you know God is perfecting you right now? Do you know He's making you? How many are thankful for that? How many are thankful you're not who you were when you got saved? How many are... (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to ask it. It's, it's, I'm going to, how many are thankful you know some people that aren't who they were when they got saved? Come on, tell the truth. But how many are thankful you're not yet who you're going to be? Come on, tell somebody, don't give up on me. I'm, I'm not there yet. But, all right. Look, I've already been made perfect. But what do I do? Look at this. You've got to walk through the doors when they're open. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. God has a purpose for us. He said, I'm pressing on. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. This is how you secure the door of your future. But one thing I do. All right? Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's our attitude and that's our mindset. But can I tell you, unless God opens doors, you cannot keep moving in that journey. Paul says, I'm pressing on. I'm not yet there. I'm thankful for where I've been. And, I'm, and, and do you know that sometimes I have to forget even the good things to go on to the best things in my life? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes for a believer, for a Christian, hear me today, your battle should not always be between good and bad. Come on, we ought to be delivered of some of that bad. Anybody with me? We should be moving on from those things. It's not always. Listen, for a growing, maturing believer, your journey is not based on just decisions between good and bad. Your journey is really based on decisions between good and best. And so we're going to determine we're not going to allow good to be the thief of the best. We're, we're moving on. Can I tell you, as your pastor, having pastored this church now over 36 years, having served the Lord over 40 years of my life, I want you to understand, I've not yet taken hold of it yet. I'm not everything I can be. I believe my best days are in front of me. I believe that. That's not lip service. I believe that. I believe the greatest days of Calvary are in front of us. I I believe that the greatest days of your family are in front of you. You say, well, pastor, I'm not as young as I used to be. Well, you're smarter than you used to be. Huh? You know, you got, you're just learning how to work smarter, not harder. Come on. See, see, well, pastor, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. That's all right. We need you in this season. Well, pastor, I'm a brand new Christian. Good. We need your enthusiasm in this season. We, We need that. We need everybody in this season. See, we're not there yet. But to continue to achieve the purpose for which God called us, we must have doors come open that can only come open by the hand of God. And so we're learning that. So, Pastor, why are you going to refer to some numbers today on a Hebrew calendar? And why are we going to look at uh, numerical values? Because as you study Scripture, God puts great emphasis on numbers and their importance in our life. 
They're prophetic in Scripture. Why would we look at a Hebrew calendar? We're, we're believers. We're not, we're, we're, we're Christians. We're, we're, we're not Jewish. We're not living in Israel. We're not living in the old covenant. Pastor, why does that have an impact? Well, we are in a covenant with God. Not a contract, but a covenant. In fact, we are living in this new covenant. Jesus said, a new covenant. He didn't do away with covenant. He said, I'm going to fulfill the old covenant. I'm not going to end it. I'm going to fulfill it. I'm not doing away with it, in other words. And so we are in covenant with God. A new covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this new covenant that we are living in and enjoying and celebrating through the blood of Jesus was foretold by feasts and signs and numbers and prophecies in the old covenant. So they give us insight. They give us direction. They help us understand the times and the seasons and where we are. So this last year that we're coming out of on the Hebrew calendar was number 5777. Seven is a number uh, in biblical values that means completion. To have a year with 5777 is unusual on that Hebrew calendar, on the calendar God used to position us for Christ. And so it means that there is a definite completion of a cycle in your life. That you were standing at the ending of 577 and God has completed a cycle and you are now aligned and prepared to go into a new season in your life. We're ending 2017, this number of, of completion, this cycle, and we're, we're going into a new season, a new beginning. How many are ready for a better season in your life? You're ready for some cycles to be completed? Now, can I tell you how you complete a cycle? That's why today, tonight, what you're doing, the decisions are so important. God freed Israel from Egyptian bondage. And the best we can see, looking at geography and looking at the path, we can see where they left Egypt and where they entered the promised land, even though maybe as many as two million people were taking the journey It could have easily been achieved in nine months. But it took them how long? Forty years. It didn't require forty years of walking a straight path through open doors to get to their promised land. But because they never understood the completion of a cycle, everybody with me? They kept repeating that cycle again and again and again. I don't know about you, but there's some cycles I've been in that I'm ready to complete and not to repeat. Come on, everybody with me? I've been walking some cycles in 2017 that I would like to complete and not repeat. So I want to secure the door for my future. I want to understand the moment that I'm in. And it's important, everybody, I want you to hear me, that you may need to do some different things in your life right now. You need to make some decisions today and tonight that will allow that old cycle to complete itself so you don't repeat it again this next year. People say, well, why does everything always stay the same for me? Maybe we're not making the decisions and taking the steps and doing the things we need to do to break out of that cycle. Everybody with me? And so we, we understand that. So we're, we're daring to dream. I, I want to encourage you today and tonight to, to have this mindset. I'm going to leave all the judgments of my past behind me. I'm not going to judge myself. And I'm, because of the wonderful speechless grace we just sang about, I'm going to stop judging my past. 
And I'm going to stop being judged by other people from my past. Because the only judge that matters is the one that sits on the throne of heaven. And he judges you righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop evaluating the prospects of my tomorrow based on the disappointments of my past. Everybody hear what I said? I'm going to stop evaluating, declaring, deciding the prospects of my future based on the disappointments of my past or even my present. Let me ask, so so this cycle of 2017 and 5777 has positioned us for the new year 5778 2018 both of those eights are green it's the year of the open door it's the year of a new season in our life it's positioned in front of us how do we secure that how do we go into that you, you God has brought us through some things in 2017 hasn't See, somebody said one time, you won't understand my breakthrough until you recognize what I've been through. (laughs) See, somebody may not understand why you're praising God like you're praising God. See, some people want to come to church and, and, and their only verse they know in the whole Bible is be still and know that I'm God. You understand what I mean? Yeah, some people come to church and they look dead, act dead. Maybe they are spiritually dead. I don't know. I just said maybe. But the issue is when you've been through something and God gives you a breakthrough, you've got something to praise God for. You know, I was talking to my sister this week and, and, uh, she said she was praying and kind of last week and, and kind of bemoaning some things, you know, in prayer. Anybody ever done that ever? You called it prayer, but it's really just complaining. Come on, tell the truth. Come on, anybody ever done that besides me? You ever caught yourself? I wasn't really praying, I was just complaining to God. Come on, tell the truth. Aren't you thankful He loves you enough to listen to your complaining? Most people won't put up with that. You know, you try that once with most people and they're not going to listen. God, He's just there for us. As He said, she was praying slash complaining. Uh, it's been a challenging year for her and for, and for our family. My, uh, my, uh, brother-in-law, her husband has had three strokes in 2017. And uh, one of her little grandchildren went into the hospital. An infant had a crisis and nearly died. But she didn't. And uh, then we've had to pray our way through this year with Phoenix. But you know what? We didn't pray our way alone. We stood with the family of God. And like the nurse said at the hospital of children's in Huntsville, she said, you know, that little girl was going to die. But the faith of that church... And the faith of that family would not let her go, and she's alive because of the hand of God. That's the testimony in Huntsville Hospital. So my sister was saying, well, Lord, my husband had the strokes, and Phoenix had this year, my little grandbaby. He said, well, I I brought your husband back from three strokes, and I kept Phoenix alive, and I brought your granddaughter home. So he said, if you don't need my help next year like you've had it this year, I'll just leave you alone. She said, God, thank you for everything you've done in 2017. Come on, see, you're here today, aren't you? We're alive today. God answered prayer. You're on this side of this thing. God has brought us through some things to bring us to something. Did you get that? You're not just survivors, we're overcomers. He brought us through to get us to. He brought you to this point because there's a door in front of you to shift what's been going on in your life. See, when, when heaven and earth align, see, the early in 2017, God sent Apostle Patty Valenzuela, and did she come in and prophesy over us? And she used these words, alignment, accumulation, 
fullness of time, tipping point. And what's happening this year of 2017 of a cycle of alignment has brought us to a place where there's an open door in front of us. And when heaven and earth align, God's kingdom comes. And His will is done on earth like it is in heaven. Faith begins to be released in our life. You know, for to be in that right place is important. You, you had to walk through doors to get in this room this morning. See, you could have, you, if you wanted to, and you're really stubborn, you, you could be out there on the parking lot where it's cold, about five feet over from where that door is, and just walking into the wall. Right now, you could be bumping into the wall, bumping into the wall. I want to go to church today. I need a blessing today. I want to come worship today. I need the Lord's hand on me today. And you're just bumping in that wall. All you have to do is scoot over about five feet and walk right through the door. Because, see, the door was there, but you have to walk through it, right? See, what God is saying to us, he's opened up a door. But I need to align myself and walk through that door. So if I need to shift some things in my life and let go of some things in my life and stop saying, Lord, bless what I'm doing and start saying, Lord, I'm going to do with your blessing. You get that prayer, I want to say it again. We're, to, to, to secure the door of your future, you have to stop praying, God bless what I'm doing, and start, start saying, Lord, help me do what you're blessing. The door's there, let me align myself and walk through that door. When we begin to do that, His will happens, His purpose happens. These things begin to go. We're, we're pressing through. I, I, there are several things I, I want to share with you. Uh, so if you, you got your Bible, we'll use it, or, or your device, whatever you're reading, I want you to get it right here. Because one of the unique things about the year 5778, this year of the open door, is this. When you look at the picture in the Hebrew calendar of the year 5778, there's a picture of a man standing in front of a door, and, and he has a what? He has a sword in his hand. Did you got your sword? Here's the thing unique about this year. This is not like every other year. The unique thing about this year is that this man standing in front of the door, the gate with the sword, is going to carry his sword into that new year. That's different. What does that mean? Well, it means this. It, it, it's a picture very clear. It's a reference of what happened when the children of Israel went into the promised land. They carried a sword in with them. You know why? Because they were going to occupy and establish territory they had never occupied and established before. How many hear what I'm saying? How many are ready to occupy something you never occupied before? It's like you've been driving around a block looking at this house saying, I wish I had that house. Well, this year you're going to walk through the front door. You're going to occupy. You're going to establish. You're going to take control of that. This is the year where you're supposed to say in your faith, you know, that breakthrough I've been praying, that prayer life I've not had, that that walk in the Word, that first love that's left me. Come on, anybody hear what I'm saying? That, that, that sense of routine. I'm going to take my sword and walk through this door and defeat the enemies that are on my property and I'm going to take the promise that God has given me and I will not rest with my sword, my faith, His Word until I occupy everything God's promised me. This is the season of an open door when we start stop talking about what we're going to do and start doing it. So I want you to change your verbiage. I want you to stop saying God's going to. I want you to say God is. Let's stop saying God's going to and say God is. Let's stop saying someday and start saying today. How many hear what I'm saying? You're taking a sword. You have an aggressive mentality. You're walking in. You're saying, I'm not just going to start another year. Listen, you don't need any more New Year's resolutions. You need some new commitments to God to walk through the doors that He has opened. 
Discernment comes. Let's walk through His doors. Let's stop beating up walls and knocking our head on closed doors. In fact, let's go to Revelation. Let's look at this chapter 3 and verse 7. Revelation 3, 7. We read this uh, a few weeks ago on, on my illustrated message on doors. But I want to read it again. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. This is what God said to the church in Philadelphia. The letter to the only church that did not have a rebuke connected to it. Revelation chapter 3 verses 7 and 8. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David, the key, what he opens... No one can shut. Come on. You're going to stop saying, I never get my promotion. Somebody always gets in front of me. I should have had that raise. That was my job. That was my position. That was my sale. That was my scholarship. That was my moment. Are you listening to me? Quit saying that was my boyfriend. That was my future husband. If that was the one God had for you, you'd have him. Stop saying everybody always gets my stuff. Stop saying somebody always gets in my way. Stop saying life is not fair. Are you listening to me? I rebuke the spirit of, of, of martyr. I bind the spirit that I'm not enough. I break the lie that someone always gets ahead of you. I break the lie that you're not the head. You are the head. You're not the tail. God says He opens doors that no man can close. Your doors are open. The devil is a liar. Get up. Stop talking down. And walk through the doors that God has in front of you. Nobody can walk through them but you. You understand that? It's like a jigsaw puzzle. That door. Have you ever seen on cartoons or somebody gets scared and they, kind of like I would do, you know, uh, I had a friend that, that his dad was preaching in Kentucky. Makes me nervous. I've never preached in Kentucky. I don't know if I will after this story. And they said his dad was preaching. He didn't know it was one of those snake handler churches. My God. And he said in the middle of his sermon, they pulled a rattlesnake out and tried to lay it on his shoulder. And he basically left them quickly at that point. Have you ever seen in cartoons where somebody just scared and they just run through the door and it's just the shape of their body? You know? Well, see, you've got an open door that's just the shape of your body. Nobody else can get through your door. It's just you. Nobody else fits. They're not going to steal your door, get in your way at yours. By the way, if somebody brought a snake out, I would just ask them, where would you like a new door? Because I'm about to make one. We're not one of those churches. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Dear God in heaven. If you want to prove you have faith, obey God. I mean, you know, go to the mission field. Go preach on the corner. Give your house away. Don't get a snake. What is wrong with you? God, have mercy. I can think of a thousand ways to show you have faith besides acting a fool. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't get on that. Let's read it. So he can open a door that no one can shut. Do you understand what that means? Door. All right. And what he, uh, so he can open a door, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. Maybe that's that dead end you're on. See, maybe you're trying to open a door that God has closed. Maybe you wasted a year trying to go someplace that's not the purpose of God for your life. Maybe we need to stop trying to open closed doors and start looking for open doors 
that God has done. Let's go to verse 8. He says, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door. He said it twice in these two verses. I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. When God brings it around, when God establishes it, no one can shut it. Now listen, I, I wish I, I couldn't find this prayer to have it printed, but, but there's, uh, let, let me show you what, what, what Israel is praying. Do you want to know what they're praying? The people that get all these numbers and praying, what they're praying about this year, they prayed it for years when it comes to this time on their calendar. It's based on Psalm 74. If you read, don't try to do it now, but if you read through Psalm 74, they're talking about how hard it's been and their enemies have been on them and, and, and been uh, attacking them. And, and, and they, it says they went into the very temple and tore it down and took their axes and broke down the temple of God. They said there's nowhere to worship you and things have been bad. It, it just <clears throat> seems like our enemies have overwhelmed us in every place. God, what will you do? And then there's he refers to this ancient beast called Leviathan. And this is what they pray. Listen to this. Leviathan, some think those are uh, large crocodiles or sea monsters that maybe once were in the oceans. But this is their prayer. Listen to this. They say, may it be your will, Lord our God and God of our forefathers, that just as I have fulfilled and dwelled, now here's the Hebrew word, in Sukkah. S-U-K-K-A-H means a covering in the wilderness. Okay, so here's their, their prayer. Listen. May it be your will, Lord our God and God of our forefathers, that just as I have fulfilled and dwelled in this covering in the wilderness. God, you've been with me in the wilderness. God, you've been my covering when things are bad. Are you with me? Lord, just like you covered me during this bad season, you've taken me through. Listen, so may I merit in the coming year, listen, to dwell in the sukkah or the covering or the skin of Leviathan. What does that mean? They say, Lord, you covered me through the hard times. Come on, anybody has he brought you through? You're here. You watched over me as I went through the wilderness. But Lord, I pray that as I go in a new year, that my covering is now the skin of my enemies. <laughs> that the lion that was roaring at my door is now the skin that I wear to keep myself warm. That the lies and the taunts of my enemies that challenged me and the monsters that were afraid made me afraid. Now my covering, my provision, my supply in the new season of my life are the weapons and the taunts and the threats of my enemy. What the devil designed to destroy me, God, it's going to provide for me as I go into my new year. I'm going to be covered up. How many are ready for your enemies to become your trophies hanging on your wall? For the lies of the devil and the stealing of the devil. I want you to say, what the devil has stolen from me, he's given back in this next year. See, what I lost, I'm going to restore. Anybody want to go into a new season? I'm covered with what the enemy has threatened and put against me. Man, what a year to be established and put in order. I want to end our time today. And I want, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We've looked at this chapter and studied it before, but I want to refer to it today because, see, we're looking at this number eight. First Samuel chapter 30. This is the account of one of David's great breakthrough moments. But you need to understand that David was the eighth son of his father, Jesse. He was number eight. He was the open door son. He was a new beginning son. I can tell you, do you know there are eight resurrections in Scripture? 
Do you know that when you look at the Old Testament through uh, through uh, the the book of Judges and Chronicles, where where Israel would, would would go through this cycle, see the completing of a cycle. We're going to break out of this cycle. Listen, we're not going to live in this one. Israel did this seven times until they broke out. On the eighth, it changed. What was the cycle that they went through? Well, they were up here, uh, starting at the top. Everything was great. God was blessing. Their enemies were defeated. See, he's been good. And, and you know what happened? They began to neglect the Lord. They began to drift. And, and, and what happens to you? It's called spiritual gravity. When you're not walking, they began to drift down. They start at the top just like a circle. They're at 12 o'clock. Now they're at 3. They began to be lax and stop worshiping and praying and seeking God and honoring and putting Him first. And they begin to drift down and, and, and they begin to repeat the sins of their fathers and they begin to drift down and take on the sins of the nations around them and turn to false gods and they get down all the way to the bottom. They were at the top and now it's as bad as it can get. And what did they do at the bottom? They began to cry out to God. God forgive us. God help us. God save us. And you know what God would do? He did it seven times, seven major times. And as they began to call on the Lord because things got so bad, God would hear them and God would begin to hear their prayer and send a judge, a deliverer, someone to help them. And they would return to the Lord and be set free from their enemies and get back on top. Oh, thank you, God. That was nice, God. We got it now. Oh, God, it's terrible down here. Please forgive us. Help us. Send help, God. All right, I'll send another judge to help you out. Thank you, God. Thank you. Oh, Lord, we love you. We serve you. Whoo, glory. It's good up here at the top again. God is good. We have peace. Enemies defeated. Oh, we got it, God. It's all right now. Seven times. You'd think they'd learn a lesson, wouldn't you? But, you know, I've pastored in the same city for 36 years. I'm not going to say names today. But I've seen people cycle through Calvary. Oh, about seven times. (laughs) They're here on New Year's Day, and I can't find them come April. They're here. By June, they're so backslidden, you wouldn't know them if they walked in the door. Oh, God, what's wrong, God? Help me, God. I'm sorry, God. About August or September, they get the kids back in school and start acting right again. and They're praying, Jesus, and they get up here. Oh, thank you, God. Whoo, it's better now. Thank you. I don't think we need to go to church anymore, and we're all good. We've got this good. Whoa. About seven or eight times I've watched them, they just come through. You know, we probably have about 10,000 people that call this church home. Don't look at me funny. I'm just telling you the truth. But at least 10,000. They come about once a year. You know, they're Christian CEOs. What is that? Christmas and Easter only. <laughs> Get them just enough to hang on. Come on. You're here. Relax. You're here. Relax. I'm not talking about you. Just relax. Woo, take your handkerchief out and say, thank God I came today, Jesus. My God. <laughs> that cycle. And then we wonder, God, why can't I get some traction? Why, why does it seem like this thing goes like this? 
What, what, what are we not learning? What are we not seeing? What closed doors are we still knocking on? What open doors are we afraid to walk through? Do you know sometimes we become so accustomed to failure that we're intimidated by an open door of blessing? Sometimes we become so locked into abuse and dysfunction that when God opens a door, we're intimidated to walk through that door. Sometimes our identity has become so saturated with failure and disappointment and, and, and half-heartedness that when a door of blessing and favor and opportunity opens, we're not sure we want to go through the door. But I'm telling you today... God is giving every one of us, not just here, but in His church, an opportunity to go through a door, to leave an old cycle, to go into a door of new beginning and secure that door with the sword, with the anointing, with the authority of the Lord. David was not recognized by his own father and brothers. They did not see his anointing. That's all right. It doesn't take a vote for everybody to line you up with the door of God in your life. His dad didn't recognize the anointing on his son. His brothers envied the anointing on his life. Joseph's brothers hated him because of the anointing on his life. John the Baptist failed to recognize the anointing on Jesus. Even after he baptized him, he had to send his disciples and say, Are you the one or do we wait on another? And Jesus said, Just go tell John what you see going on here. The blind are seeing, the devils are running, the lame are walking. You see, not everyone will line up with you. But if you go through that door, just go, just go, just go. Secure the door of your future. God has it in front of us. David here, and and let me just wrap this up quickly in 1 Samuel 30. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. They were there because Saul was trying to kill David. And David and his men came back to their city. Ziklag, I taught you before, means a winding or a crooked place. Winding or crooked. And the Amalekites had burned their city and and taken their wives and children as slaves. David said, all right, uh, God, what do we do? See, what happens in the middle of your loss? The Bible says his men grew bitter and wept and wanted to kill David. But David said, you know, God's got a promise for me. God has anointed my life. And today doesn't look good. Listen to me, I'm going to close. Today may not look good, but you always have a choice. There's always an open door if you'll look for it. And his men said, we give up. We're bitter. We're going to kill David. And David said, God, what do I need to do? The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And when he went to God, God gave him an open door. In 1 Samuel 30, he says, David, if you pursue them, you're going to recover everything the enemy's taken away from your life. God, as I go into this year, would you take everything my enemies have and make it a covering over me as I go in? See, he's, he's bringing them in. And so they begin to pursue. And along the way, they found an Egyptian lying on there along the road about to die. And David's men said, leave him. David said, no, God put him here, sir. Let's give you some food and save your life. And he said, do you know where the Amalekites are that stole our family? He said, yeah, I was their slave. And they left me to die. Can I tell you along the way, when you keep walking through the open doors that God has for you, God has people established along the way that will get you to the next place. God will put people in your life that you've never met 
and you don't know, but they're waiting on you to walk by in the will of God. And they will point you. He says they're there. David found the Amalekites. And he fought them all day long. And the Bible says not one thing was lost. Not one person was lost. I want you to say it's my time to regain everything the enemy stole out of my life. Say it. My family's coming back. My children are coming back. My marriage is coming back. My finances are coming back. My dream is coming back. My health is coming back. I'm going to be covered with everything the devil stole from me. And I will walk through the doors that God has put in front of me. That's what's in front of us right now. I want you to stand with me. Everyone, if you would, please stand with me. David said, I'm the eighth one. I'm not man's number, but I'm God's number. Come on, how many hear what I'm saying? You can't see what God sees about me right now. But I'm going to keep walking through those open doors. Church family, we're here today to establish some things in our life. We're here today to secure the door of our future. To say, Lord, I'm going to walk out of some old cycles. I want you to listen to me. Oftentimes, you're going to have to do something different than you've been doing. We cannot just keep doing the same thing. Well, Pastor, what do you mean I've got to do something different? Well, first of all, I would, I would suggest you ask God about that. Not me. God. And, and, and it may be something as simple as saying, you know, I'm going to change when I pray. I'm going to change how I pray. I'm going to make a relationship decision I need to make. I'm going to change the way I speak to my family. I'm going to change the way I talk about my marriage. I'm going to make a shift in my words. Do I curse or do I bless? See, I'm I'm going to change the way I talk about my future. I'm going to change the way I... Talk about God. What do you mean? Well, you say, Pastor, is that that big a deal? Oh, it's a really big deal. Because the Bible says the power of life and death is in our tongue. So, if I want to break this cycle and walk in this new year. See, you can look at the hard things and say, oh, God's been hard. And I can say for my family, this has been the most challenging year that we've ever had. But I can also tell you that every step along the way, God has met us. I can say that without being a part of this church family, I don't know what I would have done. But you stood with us. We stand with you. We stand together. See, when you need a friend, it's too late to make a friend. When you need a family, it's too late to find one. You don't build a family overnight. And so, you begin to look at this thing and say, this cycle that I've been through wasn't easy. But it positioned me for this new door God has in front of my life. We, we waited 10 years to sell that Beltline property. And we signed a contract in 2017. They, they're pushing, now trying to, you know how people do, they want to buy it and they don't want to pay for it. You, you understand? Look at 
looks like we won't close till April. But that's all right because, see, we got aligned in 2017. In 2018, we're going to be covered with what the enemy tried to steal from us. So, and it just goes on and on. So the devil attacked Phoenix in 2017. I believe total restoration 2018. That's just what I'm going to walk in. See, I'm, I'm not going to take on the identity of a punching bag. I'm going to take on the identity of an overcomer. You say, well, the devil hit me hard in 2017. Well, you, you can say that or I'm going to walk in, in front of my door here and say, you know, I, I can take a bigger punch than I thought I could. You, you understand what I'm saying? The devil tried to kill me in 2017. And I said, well, and, and, well, man, look how big God is. I didn't know he was that big. Now I know. You remember Job at the end? I know I need to stop. But I'm just trying to get you. Uh, thank God I, I'll give you a little more tonight. And the best is tonight. I say the best for tonight. But Job, remember all he went through, lost so much. And, and you read through, honestly for me, reading through Job is kind of painful to me. In my yearly Bible reading, when I get to Job, I'm kind of like, sorry God, I just, sorry, I don't. But I'm kind of like, Job, okay, let's get Job done. But you know, he goes through, oh God, I wish I was never born, blah, blah, blah. You know, he has a hard time. But then at the end, he said, God, God. Oh, listen, I got it. Let me just real quick. You need this. Somebody needs this right now. Come on. This, you got to go through. Are you going to secure your door? I, I'm going to secure my door. Listen to this. He says, uh, God, at the end of the day, surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Come on. Anybody ever done that? God, help me shut my mouth. Things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now, and I will speak. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Listen to what he says. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Oh, yeah. See, the old devil tried to kick our teeth in. And we'd heard about it. I've looked in his face now. Saw it in the dark, but nobody else was there. He says, therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. You may have to repent and say, God, I talked about things I should have been talking about. You ever said any things in desperation you wish you hadn't said? But we repent of those things, don't we? Say, God, I heard that you could do it, but now I've seen you do it now. And what didn't break me just put me in a position to say, God, something in me now that's just got a bulldog grip on this thing. Come on, you've come too far. You paid too much a price. You prayed too many prayers. You're closer than you've ever been before. And God has a door in front of you. God, we're going to walk through that door. Come on, let's pray together. Father, right now, in the holy name of Jesus. Oh, God. What we have only heard about. <laughs> that secondhand revelation. What, what Pastor Sawyer said, uh, I've seen it for myself now. I've walked in it myself now. I felt your hand on my shoulder when I thought I was all alone. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you were with me. Your rod and your staff, they brought me comfort. You didn't lead me in to leave me there, Lord. You let us out. And we're coming to a new door. God, even in the presence of our enemies, you prepared a table. <laughs> Lord, when the enemies thought they would kill us, we sat down and ate. You gave us strength. And we overcame. We've seen you. We've seen you. We've seen you. We've seen you. We trust you, Lord. God, what we need to do, we say yes. Where we need to align, we say yes. God, you're for us and not against us. And our greatest seasons are ahead of us. And we declare that you have opened a door that no man can shut. We declare that we will press on and walk through that door. We declare, oh God. That we will exit the right way and enter this season that you have before us. God, we love you. We just say yes to you. Right where you are, build your altar. Would you right where you are, build your altar. Say yes to God. Say yes to Him.